next half dozen years. But he doesn't have to wait anywhere near that long to become their number one defenseman. And I sure hope he doesn't. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning from Cleveland. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. I'm up here by the mistake or by the lake, however it is that you want to describe it, to cover football. But the Penguins made some significant news back home on the eve of training camp with the six-year, $4.4 million AAV signing, the extension to John Marino, by far their best young player, one of the best young defensemen anywhere in the NHL. You don't need me to tell you that this was a good signing, to put it mildly. Um, Even the terms of the deal, the way the salary is structured to peak later in the contract to give the Penguins something of a break under the current cap and under the current coronavirus circumstances and everything else, the fact that they were able to work this out, meaning all parties, Jim Rutherford, the Penguins negotiators, John Marino, his representatives, is a credit to all concerned and a very clear sign that they wanted to get this done. Good for them. Again, nobody needs to hear that from me. Here's what might be worth hearing in some quarters. John Marino might be the Penguins' best defenseman right now. Right now. I am not a Chris Letang basher. I don't jump on every opportunity to rip the guy the way a lot of the fan base tends to do. I just happen to be that strong of a believer in Marino. You don't see the holes in his game. You don't see him get exposed for taking risks the way you do with Letang. All you see is the good, is the steady, is the reliable. Is he as capable as Latang of pulling off the spectacular? Maybe not, probably not. I don't know. He's also had some spectacular offensive rushes, including individually, so I'm not ready to rule that out either. Uh, is he as durable as Latang? Uh you know, to stay out there for a three-overtime game or something. I don't know. I guess we'll find out someday. Uh, he just went through an entire rookie season, and the only action that he missed was when he was hit by a deflected puck coming up and getting him in the eye, you'll remember. That's it. Otherwise, he's just been pure gold. Uh, how the Penguins lucked into this kid for a sixth-round pick from Edmonton, uh, It's it's just miraculous. But it can't stop there. If Marino turns out to be what everyone should be expecting, if he's that already, and he and Marcus Pedersen are forming the Penguins' best defensive pairing, and they absolutely should stay together. I don't think you want to be messing either with uh, Latang and Brian Dumoulin any more than you want to mess with the second pair. Then they should be treated as such. I want to see, and I've been on the record 
on this program about this for a while. I want to see Marino put into every situation that you would offer or challenge a number one defenseman in the National Hockey League. If that means some time on the top power play point, yes, please. Yes, please. Remember, there's no more Justin Schultz parachute when you don't like what you see from Latang on the power play. That was there for the longest time. It's not there now. Schultz is gone. Marino's your guy. Marino's your number one guy, arguably right now. Even if Latang continues to play as well as he did last season. This is part of what I'm talking about when I keep pounding the table again and again and again about the Penguins making the most of the young players that they already have. I do it with Sam Lafferty. I've done it to a lesser extent because he's nowhere near as ready with Samuel Poulin. I want to see the young players get a chance, and then when they get a chance, to not have a ceiling placed over them to not get labeled the way Lafferty did by Mike Sullivan at times last year, where he's just going to be a role player. We don't know that. Maybe Sam Lafferty's the guy that you want today, today, at the first session of training camp at PPG Paints Arena, to be the one who fills in because Kasperi Kapanen won't be able to make it. Do you see what I'm saying here? Let these guys dictate their own ceiling. Don't put it on there for them. More than anything out of this, I'm I'm happy for Marino, for his family, who I've gotten to know a little bit. Uh, John's a not a good kid. He's a great kid. Just listen listen to his reaction. Listen to his reaction uh, yesterday when just asked about his emotions about signing this contract. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, you're kind of soaking it all in. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it's really hit me yet, but, yeah, pretty cool experience, you know, just um, thinking about back to when you're just skating as a kid and, you know, your parents were taking you to the rink and, you know, all that sacrifice has uh, kind of paid off. But, um, yeah, it was pretty cool, you know, to be able to experience it with my family, friends, and uh, teammates. He's all that. And, and he's only been in Pittsburgh for a year. Like, people haven't really had a chance to get to know him yet. And then, of course, you know, the pandemic hits and whatever else. Wait until Pittsburgh realizes what a terrific young man this is on top of the hockey skills that he brings. One more time out of me for emphasis. Number one defenseman, maybe now. When we come back, just one question. Just one question, and that is always brought to you by, on this program, the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need throughout western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. question comes from... Jeff, who says, hey, Dan, love the new Daily Shot podcast. Penguins question. 
Well, you came to the right place. Having covered the disappointing final seasons of Ray Shiro and Dan Bilesma, are there any similarities between that time and the last few seasons for the Pens? Uh, wow. Okay, that one is going to throw me for a little bit of a curve because there were different issues with Shiro than there were with Bilesma. There are some similarities. Uh, Shiro was always, always, always about the now. He was sending all of his draft picks out the door, often to a fault, but you couldn't really say anything about it because Ray was wearing the ring. Well, in Rutherford's case, all that applies except that Rutherford's wearing two rings, at least two with Pittsburgh on them. Sullivan and Bilesma, some similarities there as well. Uh, uh, stubbornness, if you want to call it that. Uh, strict adherence, if you want to put it generously, to the systems that they have in place, to the practices that they have in place, to the ideas that they hold. Sometimes even counter to what the GM wants. So if you're looking for more similarities, I've got those. But overall, when we reached the end the clear end, the, the end we could all feel of the Shiro Bilesma era. What had happened more than anything else was that the team wouldn't slash couldn't go to the net. I know, that sounds like such a gross oversimplification, but that's really what it was. Think about the Wales, uh, Wales Conference. Listen to me dating myself. Listen, think of the Eastern Conference Final against the Bruins when Tuka Rask barely had to make a save and the Penguins were swept right out. Crazy, crazy time. They couldn't come close to getting a shot on Boston. And, you know, the Bruins had a good defense. They had Zidane Ochara in his prime and other guys, but they weren't that good. The Penguins just couldn't beat a boxing-out system to save their lives. They didn't have the people. They didn't have the willpower. How Bilesma and or Shiro failed to recognize that or address it, I'll never understand. But it's not a coincidence that when Rutherford came aboard and did his homework on the Penguins... What was his very first move? Oh, you betcha. James Neal for Patrick Hornquist. And unapologetically so. And everyone in Pittsburgh was like, no, not Nealer. And he was so great because he scored 40 goals and he could do all these magic things. And he was um, one of the cooler guys on the team, buddies with Jordan Stahl and Sid and everybody. And, uh, you know, Rutherford came in and saw that and addressed it emphatically. And to me, that's where there's a lot of differences. Uh, between Rutherford and Sullivan, I noticed a lot more of a no-nonsense approach, including to admitting their own mistakes. Say what you want about bad trades that Rutherford has made at times. Man, every single time he addresses them. Every time he makes a bad acquisition or an acquisition that doesn't work out, not necessarily a bad one, but just one that isn't a good fit, he doesn't hang on to it. He doesn't eat it. He doesn't suffer for it. 
He might still take longer than some people would like to move Jack Johnson out, but he did. He did. He moved Jack out. And he's done a lot of other things in that vein. Guys that just didn't work out. Derek Broussard really jumps to mind. That was bad all around. I don't know who could have seen it coming. I didn't. I thought getting Broussard was the coup of the century. But he addressed it. Sullivan is not quite to that extreme because Sullivan believes that everything boomerangs back to his system, that he finds a way to pull everybody back in, and then when it's not working, it's just because it's not being applied correctly. But he also has his own flexibilities. The best example of that, I think, of Sullivan's entire tenure was in what was achieved in the 2019 20 season with Evgeny Malkin's two-way play. Gino was challenged principally by Sullivan face-to-face. Remember the famous meeting in Miami where he flew down there to meet with him face-to-face to talk about what kind of season he was about to have? That's what that was all about. He said, I'll let you do whatever it is that you want to do. I believe in you as a creative, offensive, genius-level force. But in these certain situations, and in these specific quadrants of the rink, you're going to have to do it my way. Can you meet me there? And he did. Malkin did that. And Sullivan, in turn, did that. And it was a feather in the cap of both of those guys. I don't know that that would have happened with Bilesma. He would have done some delegating, he would have done some hemming and hawing, and he would have hoped for the best, but I don't know that he would have addressed it that authoritatively. So I hope that answers your question, Jeff. A little bit of a tough one today, but a good one nonetheless. Anybody who wants to send me one of these things, uh, the best place to do it is right underneath the article file on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Anything at all. We'll have another one of these tomorrow. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.